This episode is sponsored by Better Help. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But uh, the fact is a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing in order, you know, that that would make it better? Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. You listen to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 122. Sponsored by Jim Hanley's Universe, Foo Comics, and Triptych Books. And if you're listening, that means I'm still alive. Thank God. Hey, welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick the Week Podcast, episode 122. I am Josh, and I'm here with... Ron. And, of, and, and, and not, of course, uh, and Gordon. <laughs> uh, Connor is on vacation. Who knew? Yes. This you, would be a first. This is a first, so he, yeah. This he is, can no longer say, I have, no, I have perfect attendance. And, yeah, well, and, it was his choice. His choice, so... <laughs> Whatever, man. I'm just helping out a friend here. What can I say? We'll see if his keys still work when he gets back. <laughs> He's fired. We don't even have a door. <laughs> There's no door. Uh, iFanboy.com is a website about comic books that we run uh, because we like them. Every week we read a bunch of them, and then one of us will be tasked with picking the best one and writing about it on the website. And then we come here and talk about it on the podcast uh, along with other stuff that we want to talk about. Uh, not just anything. I mean, we talk about it, but either way. Um, before we get to the show, uh, we're going to be talking about the books that came out this past week, as I'm sure you know. And so if you haven't read them yet, we would be spoiling them for you. So uh, if you haven't read them, put them uh, put us on hold. Come back later. It'll be more fun then. Uh, before we get started uh, with Ron's pick this week, uh, we have a lot of business to take care of. And Ron's better with business than me. So go ahead. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, we're not going to get into the business now, but we really want to make sure you tune in 
you stay listening and then tune in at the end of the podcast because we have a lot of giveaways going on. We've got a lot of stuff to give away, um, a couple of different contests going on. So stay tuned for all the details at the end. Must go. (laughs) Stay tuned at the end of the podcast. We're auctioning off all of Connor's computer equipment while he's on vacation. So you want to listen to that? No, I'm kidding. But um, some of you might have heard about the the New Frontier giveaway we have, and we've got another giveaway related to our video show. So um, so stay tuned, um, or just skip to the end to hear that part. But um, but don't listen to the whole show. So. Um, so, so that said, can I start? Oh, well, and we should probably note that um, this is a week after WonderCon, and it has WonderCon has kicked Josh's ass left and right. Um, I am I've literally been bedridden uh, <laughs> for for a week now. Yeah, it's, it's and and I'm I'm doing my best. It's not good. It's not. I'll be honest with you. It's not good. It's not so. good. It's not fun. <laughs> Somehow, Gordon and I survived. Gordon and I survived though. So I think I I went in sick. That was my. Oh, I never got, actually got. I never got sick, but I wasn't normal until like Thursday. Like I was just, I was, I was just wonky, you know. So. I actually got sick, and then I was getting better. My birthday was on Wednesday, Happy and I birthday. was okay. But I was, I was coughing that whole day, kind of, and I like, canceled all my plans. Comes back around a Thursday, horrible fever again. I'm back in bed. Uh, nothing like the like, relapse. Like, Oh, it was the con plague. It yeah. was horrid. Uh, but let, we're not here to talk about that. Right. No, we're here to talk about comic books. We're here to books. kick ass. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I was really excited this week because I had under 20 books, but I actually ended up having like 19, which sucked. <laughs> um, and there were a lot, a lot of good stuff this week. But the, um, the one book that really kind of, after I got through my whole stack on Wednesday, that really left me kind of, you know, kind of thinking was a uh, Kick-Ass Number One by Mark Miller and John Romita Jr. Um, and it's published uh, by uh, uh, by Marvel, but via the Icon imprint. So it's um, not in Marvel continuity. This is the same imprint that prints Criminal and Powers, and it's kind of like their creator-owned kind of vanity project uh, line. Um, now, there has been a lot of rumors and speculation and hype and and you know kind of promotion of this title by Mark Miller over the past. Oh, I'd say. Jeez, years now. I think he's been talking about this book, um, and somehow I've, I I managed to elude all of that. Um, I knew nothing about this book going into it, other than it was Mark Miller and it was called Kick Ass. That was the only two things that I knew, and um, and so when you know when I pick up the comic, I see on the cover in big letters on the bottom, you know, the greatest superhero book of all time is finally here. And my first thought was like I rolled my eyes and said, okay, yeah, you know, it's 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 one thing to say that, but you know, it's it's this is actually my typical response for any Mark Miller book at this point. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so and it opens up and and the one thing that I really that what really impressed me about it was just in terms of like on the the front cover the you know the typography of the of the logo and the inside cover just this kind of bold big letters and and kind of big it just seems big you know and um. And it opens up, you know, kind of with a shot of New York City or a shot of the city of a city, and you see a guy in a costume uh, standing on top of a building, and he kind of sets his goggles and he opens up his arms, revealing kind of like bird-like wings, and jumps off the building and proceeds to fall and crash into a car, <laughs> never start flying. And so within the first three pages, I I, I kind of said, oh, okay, so this is what this book is gonna be like. And um, that character that we saw in the beginning isn't the main character, rather um, just kind of a, a it's a, uh, someone else who the main character is talking about. And we get introduced uh, to the main character immediately thereafter, all bloody and tied up with uh, um, being tortured with a, a, a car battery attached to his testicles and uh, people yelling, yelling at him saying, you cost us money, you little fuck. Um, 
And so it kind of immediately it was, you know, there were curses and it was uh, kind of somewhat violent. And um, I I had that trepidation going into that typical Mark Miller, Mark Miller just kind of self being self-indulgent and kind of not really doing his typical kind of thing. But then something happened through this book where I, I, it got really, um, I don't know, relatable or, or I, I, in my review on iFanboy.com, I said um, something about it got, felt really realistic to me. Um, this, this story takes place in seemingly our universe. So the main character, um, whose name, and I can't, I'm not going to be able to pronounce his last name, but Dave Lazuski, um, is just a dorky kid in high school who um, you know, doesn't seem to be very successful or popular and likes a girl, but she thinks he's a stalker and, and has no, you know, his mom passed away but, and his dad is kind of depressed about it, but there's no real, he even says there's no real drama to her death. It's just she, had, you know, she died with a, um, uh, she had an aneurysm and just died in the kitchen and it wasn't really any, it was kind of t- typical normal thing that kind of happens in the world. Um, he reads comics and there's a, you know, a mention he's loving Whedon's Astonishing X-Men, so you get this feeling that this is somebody we can relate to. And for whatever reason, he decides to uh, become uh, become a superhero. So he um, gets a wetsuit off eBay and starts training. And you know, and 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 it's funny because it it Ooh, we can't relate to this. Yeah, we follow him, and he he actually says, you know, he's like he didn't actually do any crime fighting in the first couple of weeks after he got the costume. He just kind of walked around the top of buildings and stuff, like, and and then just kind of stayed in he his was room. Posing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, posing on top of buildings. <laughs> yeah, and which is and who hasn't thought about that? Who hasn't done it? But then he proceeds to um, to go out into the field, and he runs a co- into a couple of street toughs who are uh, uh, doing some graffiti, and he walks up to him and says, "Hey, stop that!" Street toughs. <laughs> I said street toughs. Um, say that on the road. <laughs> Let, let's go to the other side, honey. There's some street toughs. <laughs> They're doing graffiti. <laughs> so he, he he goes up to these guys and he says, "Hey, stop doing that!" And 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 right out of the gate, smacks one of them with like a billy club type thing. And you're like, oh wow, he's you know he's bringing the the street level justice. And then these street toughs proceed to kick the ever loving shit out of him, <laughs> like literally beat him down. He gets stabbed, um, and then as then they run away, and he's bleeding, and he stumbles out of the park and onto the street, and bam, gets hit by a car, <laughs> and it ends with his bloody body laying on the street. And I thought, I, I, after I finished that last issue, I, the last page, I was like, damn, this is really what would happen if one of us tried to put on a costume and do this. <laughs> like, like, well, I, and that was sort of, that, that was his idea, is that why hasn't anyone done this? Right, like, yeah. This is crazy. We all love comic books. How come there are no real heroes? Right. It uh, is amazing. That has never. I think I see why. <laughs> I know, but like, if you think about it, that no one's ever actually really done that. Right. I mean. You know, you know, like the the you know the guardian angels. You know, what's is that the closest? It well, gets there, there, there have been a couple of stories. I mean, I think that, uh, Gordon wasn't wasn't there one in Indianapolis? Like two kids who were dressing up like superheroes. I think well, that happened. I think where like one of them, like one of them, completely ripped off uh, Transmetropolitan, like the the green and red glasses. Um, and you, I've heard stories of, of real life superheroes where people put on a costume, but then it's never anything real. You know what I mean? Like right. well, there was a guy who like climbed Buckingham Palace or Windsor Palace, something in like a is Batman it, suit, but but well, it was no, like the, a paternity rights case or something. Right? No, like, no. But there have been no there have been a couple of cases of people donning costumes and trying to bring justice to the streets, but. It, it as far as I could tell, all they get is a mention on the local news, and then some, wha- and then a MySpace page, and and nothing really happens of it. Right. You know what I mean? So there's a guy who dresses like Spider-Man and climbs buildings, but right, uh, they're not like a crime fighter. Right, 
Right. There's been no vigilantes, which I think is kind of interesting. Well, no, but, but what I'm saying, there, there have been a couple stories of people saying they're going to do that, but they never actually stumble upon any crime. You know, because because it's kind of when you're walking around in a in a bright costume, it's kind of hard to find the criminals. <laughs> so, but they've been here and there. But as far as I can tell, nobody's ever done this. And then what has happened in the comic, and then get their ass kicked, and that's like, oh, look at this idiot tried to dress up like a superhero or whatever. Now, what's what I find interesting about it is that obviously Miller's got a story to tell, and I'm really curious about where he's going to take it because other than the gimmick of teenage kid puts on costume gets his ass kicked. You know, like, I don't really know where else he can go with it. Um, but that said, I, I thought this issue was, I thought his dialogue was great and, and really natural um, and realistic. And John Romita Jr.'s art is just, you know, like, normally I like Romita best when Klaus Jansen is inking him. Um, but uh, this book, was, this one, was, he was inked by Tom Palmer, who did just as good of a job, I thought. And I thought Dean White's colors really gave it kind of a, a really nice, almost, um, um, I don't know how to describe it, but not watercolor, but just the nice kind of hue to the book. Um, mm. And for, for our first issue, like I hate picking first issues as the pick of the week, but for our first issue, this was the one book where I just like, this is the one that had me move the most this week. So, yeah. I, I actually read this uh, before you picked it. I, I didn't have any idea that it would be the pick. Um, and I, I surprised myself by not hating it. I thought you were going to hate it. I thought I would have too. Um, I sort of read it on a lark, uh, I, and it, it's very much it's it's very much a, a Mark Miller book. So it's not like I'm saying I read this and it was uh, it was so unlike Mark Miller that I was surprised by it because you know it was really only a touch off from what Wanted was. I mean, if you think about it, it was just a right. kid who was kind of a loser who who becomes something and like he took it in a different direction. But same theme. I think he did another book about like a kid who finds out that he's Jesus or he's the Messiah or something. Yeah. And he finds out he has powers. Like that's kind of his over. Um, and and I I actually kind of enjoyed it despite myself. I don't know where he's planning on going from here. I didn't think it was the best thing that I've read, but I did find myself enjoying it. I yeah. on my fanboy, I gave it four stars. Ah. Uh, I was going to mostly agree with you, Josh, because I, I read it and I thought, oh, well, this is probably going to be the pick of the week. But I, I again, I, I wasn't sure exactly what I felt of it. And Ron, going back to what you said earlier, apparently there was a lot of hype about it. Yeah, there was uh, a ton. And I read at the back, I read the few words from the writer. Yeah. And I was like, when did any of this stuff happen? Yeah. That's... You know, I mean, he writes this incredibly long letter thanking all these people and like, you know, there were movies made and there's a MySpace page. And I was like, well, I missed all that. And I'm not saying that letter wasn't sincere, but I was like, I didn't need to read that. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, at, at the end, I, I liked the book, but then this was like. Who? What? What is this for? Yeah, well, Miller has a vibrant community on his on his message board on, on MillerWorld.tv. I think that's what it is. And so, like, I think a lot of it came from that. And he was talking about it on that board. And then they made like homemade posters and they put them up in comic stores. And they listed all the stores that had the homemade posters. And right. and that were no stores I've ever been to or heard of. Which I think that I think that idea of that grassroots campaign really helps, especially when because the Icon line. What people don't realize is that Icon is published by Marvel, but Marvel does nothing for those books. Like it's 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 almost like it's almost like the image model where the creators have 100% control over the production, marketing, everything. Marvel will help when they when they need help when they ask for it, but from what I can tell from most creators they don't often ask for help, you know, out of pride and they don't want to, you know, like this is my book and you know blah blah blah. And so I got to give Miller, you know, credit for trying to do that get grassroots thing, but again, like I said, it didn't it didn't 
I didn't see any of that, so if it worked, great. But, uh, I mean, I purely picked it up mainly based off just the cover and just, like, that big, bold type and that, that you know, John Romita image of a guy getting punched. I thought this was going to be schlocky, over-the-top violence. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I thought it was going to be kind of, like, mocking superhero, kind of almost Warren Ellis-y kind of thing. Um, and really, it's the real... Based re- off the cover, yeah. Yeah, and really, it's the realism that got me with it, so... Yeah, so we'll see how it goes. Like I said, I hate picking number ones because it's untested. But I, I, I mean, I thought the combination of Romita, Romita, and then the realistic, you know, kind of realistic dialogue and the approach that Miller took to it, I thought was was makes this one worth watching. So I don't know. Yeah. So, but uh, Gordon, overall, did you enjoy it or? Yeah. No, I thought it was good. I, I, I really did enjoy it. It was kind of like Dawson's Creek. <laughs> Really? Superheroes. No, not at all. That thick-headed motherfucker get the shit beat out of him. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Vanderbeek! But... <laughs> all right, so moving on. Um, it was also a, it was a weird John Romita Jr. week because, I, un, unbeknownst to me, I picked up X-Men Legacy number 208, which is... You didn't know you picked it up? Well, no, I picked it up, but um, I didn't know he was he did art in it. Um, and I didn't know... I, I mean, so after the whole Messiah complex, the X-Books are, you know, divided we stand. They're completely, you know, they're just scattered. And they took adjectiveless X-Men and they've renamed it to X-Men Legacy. And they've kept the numbering. So X-Men Legacy number 208 is actually an adjectiveless X-Men. And this is... Mike Carey wrote it. Um, and it picks up the story after at the end of Messiah Complex where Charles Xavier got shot in the head and then his body disappeared, which was a detail that I found out in this book, but I didn't know in the last issue of Messiah Complex. Like, I didn't That's know his right. body disappeared. Like, <sighs> I thought that was interesting. But um, so apparently um, Exodus uh, took his body and he's completely brain dead because he got shot in the head, but Exodus is going to use his powers to rebuild his mind and, you know, kind of manipulate Xavier. But what we got was this weird kind of, um, this amazing, uh, the book was cut in half where um, half the story was uh, drawn by Scott Eaton and John Dell doing what was, uh, inked by John Dell, doing what was happening now. So Exodus and the other various villains who have his body talking about what they're going to do with Xavier. And then it ends with Magneto joining them. And so it's like, ooh. Um, But then the other half of the book was done by John Romita Jr. and Klaus Janssen, and it takes place in Xavier's mind. And they, they describe it as mindscape art. And it's just all these vignettes and moments of X, of his history with the X Men, you know. So we've got a, you know a couple of scenes with the original five X Men in the old uniforms, and then a scene with uh, Xavier and Cyclops talking about um, how Cyclops has to be the leader and all this kind of stuff. So it's almost really interesting to read from a his- history standpoint. Anybody who's curious about the X Men, um, because it's mixing in a lot of the history and laying and and kind of relaying the groundwork. So I'm kind of curious where it goes. But the Ramita art was beautiful. So it was. Two good John Romita books in, in one week. Did that feel vaguely like the sketch that we did when he was explaining the action yeah. to you? Just, <laughs> I, I had I a little flashback. No what just happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, but it was it was interesting. So I um, didn't read that one. I, I, didn't, I <laughs> didn't think anybody did, but me. But so <laughs> um, somebody did. Sell. So, uh, <laughs> next up is uh, I'm gonna Razzle. 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 Best Razzle com- number. One? Best comic name in years. Now, uh, I really wish that I could participate in this discussion, but uh, as I was sick this week, my local shop uh, pretty much doesn't carry anything uh, indie at all, uh, and, and I sick, didn't make sick. it. You didn't yeah, I didn't make it out of the house. Oh, <laughs> I, I like Jeff Smith plenty, but I, was, I wasn't brave in that train ride. Yeah, well, Ra- Razzle's the new ongoing book by Jeff Smith, written and drawn by Jeff Smith, and he, uh, Jeff Smith was the guy who did Bone, so the, the classic epic tale of Bone, that big old thick you know, uh, tome. Um, and, since, and, and 
recent uh, Shazam yep. uh, Monster Society, which which didn't go over really well with a lot of people. Yeah. But I don't think uh, you should use that as a as a as a tool to judge all of his future work. Right. And so that said, Rassel is almost nothing like Bone at all. Um, yeah, can you? I have no idea what it is. Can you? Can you tell me? I mean, at, at first when I picked it up, I was like, "Well, I, this book doesn't look like something I would like." And then Ron, you called me. And you're like, "Oh, you should get this book." So, yeah. um, not that I was like turned off by the art, but you know, when you just do that quick flip through, yep. I, I just I, I wasn't sure exactly what to make of it. But basically, what it is is this uh, character. Is his name Rassel? Yeah, I, th- I believe his name is Rassel. Is the art yeah, style similar? To he's used. I mean, is it his regular style? Yeah, it's his regular style. It's black and white, um, and it's it's very much noticeably Jeff Smith. I mean, it. it okay, it, that's yeah. Same lettering, same yeah, same old deal. Yeah, um, but basically, he uh, is an art stealer. He steals famous works of art, and then uh, he has. After doing that, he has this machine that sort of from the best I can tell, sends him to, like, an alternate universe, a parallel universe. Yep. Uh, and he sort of pops up. It, it, basically, when he does that, he it knocks him out for a while. You know, he sort of has to recover for a few days. Uh, and the premise of this particular one, which is the first one, uh, he ends up in the wrong universe, and there's some not-quite-human-looking character uh, now chasing him. Yeah, some lizard Which is how he realized... He's in the wrong place. So. Yeah, and and what's what's interesting was um was that he it's called the drift that that's the kind of alternate universe and yeah what I thought was hysterical was that so he's so it's it's what typical Josh it was tip, uh, typical first issue where it starts off and it starts off later in the story and you don't know really mm-hmm. what's going on and then it and then it goes back to the beginning you know. Um, yeah. And you mean the part beginning of the movie where my wife says, "Who is that guy?" Right. Exactly. Wait. Exactly. It's gonna, they're going to explain right. it. Exactly. And um, and we follow him through the caper, and then when he when he uses he he's getting chased by the cops, and he runs and he gets his machine to go to the drift. I have to say, when I turned the page, Gordon, and saw him like in with the machine, I la- I did laugh because it's like two big jet turbines that he holds up to his head. And then two smaller okay. turbines attached to his knees, and then like an African mask. And I'm just like, right. what? The, I was like, what the hell is this? And then he blinks like, at. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when he started putting it on, I was like, is he going to be like? I thought he was on roller skates or a skateboard, yeah. and like, oh, he's just, the cops are behind him, and he's just going to go really fast. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, what the? So, um, but it's it's definitely it's def. I don't know what to make of it. Um, yet, I mean, it's early, and Jeff, I mean, Jeff Smith has got such an established career that I trust him, and I'll keep reading it, you know. But, um, but this first one, I, I was, I had a little bit of the confusion, just like, okay, what is this? What is going on? You know. But it's very, it's, it's heavier in tone. It's a little more violent than Bone. I mean, it's a lot more violent than Bone. Um, and it, I mean, it's just curious. But I love, I love his art, and I mean, Gordon, did you do you like his? It's kind of like a cartoony kind of art style. Yeah, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, I like the art. The, the original, I mean, just the very first couple pages that I saw, it reminded me almost of like a Dragon Ball Z or something. Yeah. Looking at the uh, the actual character art. But, I mean, as it went in, I got into it more. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, I did like it. Cool. Awesome. Do we know how long this is supposed to go for? I mean, this is no, an It's ongoing. an ongoing. It's an ongoing. It's not a minute. I know, but, yeah. I, I know, but like, uh, 
No. You know, like Cerebus went 300, and I don't know how many issues Bone went, but it went a big whole, big fat load. Yeah, That's as far how many as, it went. As far as I can tell, there's no no end. And I don't, I don't really think he ever set an end for Bone either. He never said, I'm going to end it at issue number 70. You know what I mean? Like, um, Is that how many issues? I don't, I don't know. I don't know exactly. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, what I did think was interesting was that there's no price anywhere on it. <laughs> Like anywhere on the book at all. <laughs> I, think, I think that's more of an oversight than anything. But that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Must have been a lot of confused retailers. So yay, Jeff Smith. So um, so Josh, I, I will bet, pick that. I, yeah, you better. Um, yeah. So, but I bet of all the books better. that came out uh, came out this week, there was one that you were excited for. Oh man, how did you know? Uh, uh, Criminal uh, Volume Two, Number One, I guess is what it is. Yeah, which I'm really um, disappointed that they did a Volume Two. Like, what? Yeah, I don't understand but, why they needed to. Uh, who cares? Yeah, uh, I'll tell you why it doesn't matter. Because um, it was the most awesome book uh, that I read by by a damn sight. Um, <laughs> and I gotta say, like, I I, I was not feeling well um, yeah. when I was reading my comics. I was I was like, it was kind of a struggle to get through. And this was sort of a bigger, oversized issue. And I was like, I was a few pages into it. And I was like, oh my god, this is awesome! And how come I've never read a book like this? You know, like just like it was so simple and it was yep. such I didn't, you know, basically it's at the start of a new arc, a new a new character arc from one of the, the I guess he, I guess this character showed up in, in some of the other stories. Is it a new arc or a one shot? I thought it was a one shot. Oh, is it a one shot? Yeah. I, maybe oh. it's an arc. I don't know. You know but what? I, thought... I think that what's going to happen is uh, there's various characters who are going to show up. Yeah. Uh, and get these sort of, sort of stories. It might be a one shot. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't follow that part of it. I kind of let the issues hit me as they do, which is not, which is sort of the opposite of what a lot of people do, I guess. But um, either way, you know, just as a, as a single story, um, I, I enjoyed this so much. Uh, the, he went through a, sort of a larger format with more pages. I think the price went up 50 cents. 30 pages um, for 350. 30 pages. It's a big, hefty book, uh, and it's just a, a, a ton of story packed in here. Uh, there's, you know, it's like the story of t- two kids who are the, the two boys who are the son of criminals criminal masterminds uh and and how they grow up and and one of them becomes a boxer and one of them becomes the heir apparent to the criminal you know head and 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 at the same time one's black and one's white and there's all the racial tension that that brings and uh i just i i just enjoyed the hell out of this story i mean this was it, you know it sounds like it's silly now because every time a new criminal issue comes out of like this was the best one ever this was so the best issue of criminal <laughs> it's just a one issue thing that that you this is one of those things you can hand to somebody as an example of the series you don't need to have read anything before it yeah. um this is just good storytelling not good comics not good it's just this is a great story and this is a good example of you know the best of what comics do yeah. Uh, as, as far as I can say, and I thought I, I thought loved. I thought Sean Phillips really brought it on the art. Um, I thought I thought he what I what I was most struck by was the the use of shadows and 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 time and shading, you know, because a lot of it takes place like at night and underbelly and in these you know clubs and back rooms and stuff like that and like street toughs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and he really sets the mood really really well on top of his just beautiful pencils. So yeah. And and, and in the same way, like he's using um, it gets a period piece, and there's several periods. Uh, involved in this, yeah. uh, and it's it's done really well, and it's not um, it 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 indicates sort of slightly where you are, but it doesn't overdo it. It isn't yeah. hitting you over the head with this is the seventies. Look at the giant collars, but yeah. it's all there. Uh, so good, that was really great. Yeah, uh, Gordon, yeah, had- I, I I picked it up. I had not read any Criminal before, hmm? so nope. Josh, I'm that guy that like you could just hand him one, and it'll be great. 
What'd you think and, of it? Uh, I was a little pissed off with uh, the ending because I only in the sense that I did want more. <laughs> that's I mean, a good. That, I, that's I, a good kind of pissed awesome, off. But I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, don't be over. I don't care that you're in the hospital room. Like, I want more story. We'll go back and get the the so, last two trades, and you can get that bill. <laughs> I was just going to say that, that going back to the art too, like the very first image, you know, that full page is just like, whoa. Yeah, it's the so Starry awesome. Night. I was, I was really, I was really, I was really yeah. impressed by the title page, the, 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 the two page, the inside cover on the first page, the second chance in hell, two page spread, and then the story, yeah. and then the Starry Night. I thought that it was a great start to the issue. It was really good. So. Yeah. Um. You know, it's funny because this, this, this kind of ending is actually the kind of thing that I, I, I hold brubaker and esteem for because he's willing to have that kind of ending which is what i think he gets to do in a book like this that he doesn't get to do in other things because it's so uh it's it's a noir book so he can have like that kind of weird downer ending and 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 you have to be like well i guess that makes sense yeah even though you don't want it Uh, yeah, it was right. really, it was really good. I mean, criminal, the criminal. Just, I mean, I just, I, I, some of the business decisions with the book, I just don't understand or agree with. But uh, the the content is just amazing. So, um, hey, I'll take that any day of the week. Yeah, exactly. So, um, all right, and so uh, a late addition to the, to the thing, and I know I'm the only one who read it. And I didn't actually buy this book. I read it in the store, but I felt after having several conversations throughout the week with uh, some diehard comic fans, it felt like we needed to talk about it. But um, All Star Batman and Robin, The Boy Wonder Number Nine, came out this week. The much aligned. Um, series by Frank Miller and Jim Lee. And it seems like the... um I got enough feedback on Wednesday that made me stop and read it, read the book to see what everyone was talking about. But I've heard people say this is the best comic book of the year so far. I and I, and the I heard about this book. Yeah, and the and the other feedback I've gotten is like, aha, so that's what Miller's doing with this book. Like kind of this this issue seems to be the turning point to to understand what the, the this series is supposed to be about. Now it would have been nice to have this conversation. Oh, I don't know, a year and a half ago when they should have been at issue number nine. <laughs> but um, but uh, it's it's interesting in that. So this issue uh, starts off with Batman and his, uh, his him facing off with with Green Lantern. Uh, Green Lantern has contacted Batman and said he wants to have a meeting because Green Lantern is pissed about what what the goddamn Batman is doing and he's giving superheroes a bad name and he's going to get them all in trouble with the with the authorities and all that kind of stuff. Um, so um, rather cleverly, Batman prepares for this meeting by taking a safe house and painting the entire house yellow, <laughs> painting his entire costume yellow, painting Robin's entire costume yellow, having lemonade to serve. <laughs> Robin's eating lemon ice cream, <laughs> like so everything is yellow, thus negating Green Lantern's uh, uh, power. Well, goddamn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I do gotta admit those those scenes were really funny. Seeing Batman sitting on a yellow chair in a yellow costume, leaning back, going, "Hey, Hal, want some lemonade?" <laughs> like it was just like really taunting and really kind of somewhat ingenious. Um, but then what happens is that um, uh, Robin steals his ring. And gives it to Batman, and then Robin and, and Green Lantern f- have fight, and Robin actually kicks the crap out of, of Hal Jordan and um, comes close to killing him. And Batman stops him and gets all pissed, and they and he has to trach Green Lantern, like because Robin gets him right in the throat and he can't breathe, so he Batman fucking does a does a George Clooney on him. He trachs him <laughs> and leaves him for the calls the ambulance, and then leaves him to be you know to be healed by the by the paramedics and. And towards the end, you you get the you get the realization that this series, much like Year One, was um, Batman's beginnings as, as the character. This series was uh, um, 
the series looks to be like the effect that Robin has on Batman and the moment that Batman stops being reckless and realizes that he has responsibility and what like family is about and what having somebody um, someone to look after means. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks as if that's the emerging theme, and this is kind of like where this character, that, who this Batman, who's in his, early in his career, kind of matures and grows up. You know. Now, now, as far as I understood it, the the real sort of theme of this issue uh, yeah. is is it's like the new versus the old, or yeah. it's like Lantern is saying you're too mean and harsh, and 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 then Batman is saying you're too much of a pansy. Yeah, you're. Yeah, I mean, is that that's basically it, right? Well, that that's the beginning part of it. Yeah, I mean, that's okay. that, that's that that's the argument between Green Lantern and Batman. But then after then after the Robin fight, then the true kind of meaning of the issue comes about, which is the effect. You know, like Batman saying, "Look at look at my actions. Have my this boy who now I'm training to be, as a sidekick has seen me in action and thinks that kill you know going to the point of killing is okay because of the the influence I've had on him." Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, I need to watch what I do because someone is watching me. You know, and that that idea of maturity and that idea of of responsibility. Um, so it's a really, really violent parental lesson. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, <laughs> and somewhat echoing some of the lessons that you know Batman got in the Dark Knight, uh, Dark Knight Returns, and as well as in Year One. But you know, who's going to say Frank Miller is a one trick pony? Not me. So, uh, <laughs> but um, you just did. I know. <laughs> but um, but apparently this this issue was enough to rock a lot of people's socks, and so I thought you know it was worth mentioning, and I did read it. I'm still not going to buy the book because I'm boycotting the All Star line. But um, um, I, I it, and Jim Lee's art was beautiful. It was well. It was well done. So yeah. So uh, who thought we'd be talking about All Star Batman and Robin? I sure didn't. I certainly I didn't. Yeah. yeah. So not, all. not me. Especially with no no, no uh, Connor around. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Uh, Who's Connor? <laughs> He's dead to me. You hear me? Dead. <laughs> uh, you know who's not dead? Jim Hanley's Universe, which is uh, one of America's best and most progressive comic book stores. Uh, they're not dead to me at all. They are because they offer the best selection of comic titles and related merchandise. Because they got the toys and the T-shirts and the comics and the manga and minis and just every damn thing you could ever want. Uh, if you're in New York City, you simply must go to that store because it will blow your little mind. Uh, you can go. You can find them in Manhattan. Uh, just south of the Empire State Building on 33rd between 5th and 6th. Um, or if you're in Staten Island and you don't want to take the ferry, uh, you can go to 325 New Dorp Lane. Um, and, and if you stop there, let them know that iFanboy sent you because uh, we would appreciate that. And, and uh, so you can visit them at their website, which is jhuniverse.com. Or you can visit, go to MySpace at uh, myspace.com slash Jim Hanley's Universe. Uh, that's where art and literature meet. And usually they get a sponsor read uh, that isn't me all sick, but that's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> it was no less sincere. Anyway, um, so continuing, it was a strong. It was a strong week for Marvel. I thought. Yes, it was. Yeah, they had a lot of books. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I I didn't do the list this week. Uh, but when you put Ultimate Spider-Man on it, I had no complaints because this was I think the first book I read, and I was just like, wow, it, it, that was a good. That was a good book. I had the same reaction after I finished it. It was just like – so this is continuing the Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And so you had a lot more um, Spider-Man, Iceman, and now the new Firestar who is uh, whatever the chick that he went to school with. What's her name? I don't know. Um, Liz. What? Liz, yeah. And um, – yeah. And a lot, and so Liz is dealing with her new found powers, and a lot of like uh, Iceman and Spider Man trying to, you know, calm her down and tell her that it's okay and she can be a superhero and all that kind of stuff. And I thought there was a lot of really good um, character interaction, and also um, just in terms of the great story, the story arc of Spider Man. You know, we find out that the big, you know, kind of the big 
ox-like friend guy, the the bald dude, um, knows that Peter's Spider-Man. You know that was some really nice page work. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I mean, just like like the, when you want to talk about sort of the unspoken uh, facial tics and yep. and 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 moments that take place between the word balloons. Yeah. Uh, where where Ox is just like Kenny. Kenny's his name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know. You need to you need to go help her, and yeah. and he's like, I don't know what you mean. Yeah, because he's, he's Peter. He's Peter Parker. There, all the kids are on the beach, and and uh, he's Peter Parker, and her. She gets her powers, and she flies off, and Iceman goes after her, and then Ken, Kenny says, "You need to help her." Yeah, yeah, and 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 basically, at the very end, like he sort of Peter looks at at Kenny, you know, like what, yeah. and then he's like. He goes well. I, I he's right. I have to go now. Yeah. And then and then uh, and then Kitty basically is like, "What? What do you? I didn't tell him anything." And 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 just self satisfied smug smile. Yeah. She didn't tell me. Yeah. Like what I, what I thought was what I thought so was cool. great was that he's just like he's like he's like you know normally it's all fine and good. You want to pretend like we don't know who you are. You know. And he goes on. He's like, so if you want me to say some code, like you should tell Spider Man to help her. Then fine. <laughs> like it was like what it was. I thought it was a nod to the, to the Spider Man's rich, rich history. You know because. At the bugle in in the old in the Amazing Spider-Man, everybody knew that Peter Parker knew Spider-Man. So like, you should tell Spider-Man he should do something about this, and then he'd go off and do something about it. And so I thought that was an interesting nod to the past, but also done in a realistic kind of modern way. So which is the whole point of this book. So I, I was going to say this one remind me of Dawson's Creek too, <laughs> just because it's a it's bunch just... of teenagers by the beach. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right. Well, then they did all their superhero-y stuff, but you know, it was yeah. So, it reminds I, me of Dawson's Creek. You know, like, but I, I did feel at, like the relationships between the kids were good, so yeah. I guess that's good. So. When you look at the pages, there's like a ton of like repetitive panels and stuff, and normally that would be irritating, but I thought in this instance, like it really let those the sort of conversations I don't know, it felt like it, it was laid out the way it should have been. Yeah. And even even though, you know, on the surface it looks like you're just seeing the same thing over and over again. I had a ton of fun reading this. One of the things that I really liked is that it uh it, it feels like it's a little bit of a time for an, a shift in this book, and yeah. this is a good way to do it. Yeah, because it's somewhat lighthearted, but also, yeah, I mean, it's good. So you know, like it's just a new thing for Peter to be doing because all that other stuff has sort of wrapped up, and yeah. now it's like, well, let's let's do this, and this is a great dynamic of of people. It's yeah. fun. I love mouse guards. Do you really? I love it. Why? I do. Why? I I just think it's beautiful to look at. I really like the art. Yeah, and I like anthropomorphized things. <laughs> That's hot. Um, we should probably mention so Mouse Guard Winter Eleven Fifty Two Issue Three of Six came out this week from the uh, very talented David Peterson. Um, Mouse Guard was a. I took the first uh, hardcover. Was it the hardcover, Gordon, or the tra- or the, or the trade? Yes, it was the hardcover. And I, I handed it to you in a store. I'm like, you need to read this, and um, I'm glad to hear that you liked it. And so, I did. Yeah. And now I hate buying it in this small floppy version, but um, <laughs> but I also hate waiting. Like yeah. I, I don't want to wait ten more years for the hardcover to come out again. So right, not really ten years. Yeah, I thought. I mean, I thought. I thought that you Isn't know, I, I don't want to wait. The theme song from Dawson's Creek. It really is. <laughs> it is. Yes. I, I was like. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, you can't get away from it. Still be over. All right, I'll stop singing. I don't want your life. <laughs> um, I, I thought. You I know, don't want. I thought this series, um, at least in the second issue, was kind of. I, I didn't know if he was going to be able to capture the same kind of magic with the first one, but. Um, but so now we're in the typical kind of story where the heroes have kind of separated and and that kind of deal. And I I love the interaction between the young mouse and the old mouse with the axe. You know, like the black axe guy. Um, um, well, we're almost getting like a little bit of history too. So yeah. like more backstory of stuff we 
didn't know in the first one. Yeah, totally. So Just with the black axe going into where he was. So. Yeah. Cool. So awesome. Well, I do like that one. Um, uh, JSA number thirteen continues. Uh, is this another book that I really loved this week? Amazing uh, cover. Amazing cover. Great cover. Great cover. What the? Huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I I missed the cover. This was a standard cover treatment that was done. I think in the 70s and 80s a lot, where you had the heads of the people in the book looking at what was going on in the main page. Like, I remember Marvel did it with, I think, Atlantis Attacks, I think. Right, um, yeah. And and I know DC's done it before, and I just I just love... It's a great way to do the roll call, and it's a great way to... Uh, just, it was amazing. It was really good. I would, I would prefer, though, that, that uh, he doesn't creep me out with Hawkman. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little... You, you can see under the mask, and it's kind of creepy, yeah. It doesn't line up. <laughs> it's not right. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I I just uh, a there's a fill-in artist on this. Yeah, um, really disappointing. And he was great, Fernando Pissarin. Oh, I didn't. I really I, liked this. I miss Dale Eaglesham, but anyway. Okay. Well, um, and and just you know, it's Superman and Superman, and they meet each other, and they 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 talk about Magog, and it's Magog apparently. Oh, it's not um, Magog. Yeah, this is this was a big thing on the forums. Uh-huh. Um. I just, I just really enjoyed this. Yeah. Uh, I thought that the Supermans talking to each other and like the, you know, the sort of, it wasn't the typical like they meet and they fight and they, but it feels like, wow, there's a big thing building up and it's actually going to involve the whole team, yep. as opposed to you know just for a couple of people or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and they, and they're, they're just openly, Johns is openly uh, noticing the fact that 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 there's so many damn people on the team. Yeah, I love it. I'm wondering <laughs> when that's going to come to a head. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people on this team. <laughs> I love this book. This book is amazing. Yep, this yeah. was just an, another another fun, good issue, and I just wanted to make sure I highlighted it. The last thing that I wanted to mention uh, was Fables uh, number seventy, which came out this week um, after the Good Prince uh, wrapped up and 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 uh, uh, Fly Ambrose's story uh, basically uh, finished up. Uh, this is back to uh, the farm and regular uh, Fable Town, where they're still preparing to go to war. Um, this was a guest penciler, uh, artist, uh, Nico Henry Sean from, uh, Pride of Baghdad. Cool. Um, gorgeous. Yeah. Cool. Oh, beautiful art. Um, just, just had a different color palette and, uh, he, he, he does people a little oddly, but it just has this really nice, uh, light style to it that, that it's a little cartoony and, and just, I, I really enjoyed this. Um. And and basically, after that big thing with Ambrose, which was nine issues, uh, we looks like we have another big thing coming up. Uh, so the the book just does not stop. And uh, if you read this, I'm I'm uh, you, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Great, great cover on this book. The the colors in this book actually really stood out as being sort of interesting and different than usual. So uh, cool. Hey Josh, stuff. I yes. have a quick question about it. Yes. Uh, You've had me read some of the stuff in the past on this, and I actually I haven't continued everything. But would this be a good spot where people could pick back up again, or is this no a bad spot? <laughs> Stay away. No, I mean, <laughs> that is the one thing about this book is that there it's it's not really no no. This is sort of a it's it's all culminating sort of, and so you, you could and you'd understand what was going on, but I don't think that you'd get the full effect of it. This it's really a, an episodic book that uh, needs to be read. Episodically, so you've you've got to do the homework. Unfortunately, yeah. All right. Short answer. <laughs> <laughs> so go get the trade. So, 
Anyway, all right, so um, so it was a good week for books, and uh, now's a good time to tell you guys about FooComics.com. Uh, FooComics is a website that uh, a new website that allows stores to kind of uh, manage their customers' uh, subscriptions and pull lists. You might have come to iFanboy.com and seen our new uh, comic section where you could you know set up you know pull you know do your weekly pull list. FooComics.com is a great companion piece to that. You can tell your store to check out FooComics.com/iFanboy. That's F-O-O Comics.com/iFanboy, um, and uh, they can find out about how they can manage their customer subscriptions generate reports publish store announcements that sort of thing um it's created by a comic collector so um he kind of you know has an idea of what you know you're all looking for um and it's really well done so uh tell your store owner to check out foocomics.com forward slash ifanboy to learn more excellent so on on to the email um we got a our first uh email comes from down under um sam from canberra says good day fellas oh josh you want to do this in an accent or no Good day, fellas. I was sitting at home having a beer, watching Australia win the cricket, and I was reading JSA, and I got to thinking of iFanboy. In (laughs) comics, there are major ages, Golden Age, Silver Age, and Modern Age. I was wondering what your favorite characters would be in those ages. I was going over the past posts, and I've got to say that Ron is the hardest for me to pick, mainly because of the Golden Age. I have my votes. I'd like to see if if you or the iFanbase have your say in the matter. All right, my votes. Golden Age is Alan Scott, Green Lantern. Uh, Silver Age as Green Lantern. As a Green Lantern fan, it pains me to say that Barry Allen the Flesh. Uh, modern Age is Connor, and he'll hate this, but he likes the, guy, the Kyle, Ran- Kyle Rayner uh, Green Lantern, which brought him back to Green Lantern after five years of bed writing. Wait, I think I just switched to New Zealand. That was subtle, but I did. Uh, and then... Go ahead to the question. Yeah, I did. I totally switched to New Zealand. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, sorry. So, all right. So, so Golden Age is the period of the. For those who don't know, the Golden Age is the period of the 1940s comics, and then the Silver Age is the uh, late 1950s into the 1960s uh, age, and then the Modern Age is technically anything um, it, from the mid 70s or so till now. Technically, we're in the Modern Age. Some call it the Bronze Age. I don't know. Um, uh, so, are we sticking to just DC with this question, Josh? Or are we doing both DC and Marvel? I would say just DC, but if okay. you feel you have more to say, if you go with Marvel, no, then... I could do DC. Let's just do DC. That's fine. So um, if it's, it's both, then it just becomes who's your favorite character, right? Yeah, exactly. Really? Yeah, um, I'll start since he says I was okay. the hardest one today. Um, Golden Age. I I love Our Man. He's my favorite character from the Golden Age, um, and it's a little bit because I like him now in JSA, but I also have done some reading up, and I and the character in the Golden Age he fascinates me. Um, Silver, so, I... Josh. Oh, I was gonna say I have a hard time with this because having read Starman, uh, I, I like, I love characters out of that, but they really only existed since then, right? And then, because of that. yeah, <laughs> so I, they don't really, you know, the reason that that he was able to do Golden Age Starman is because he was kind of a blank slate, right? Right. Um, I, I would say you've got to pull from the Golden Age. Damn, I don't really. I've never read any. Then I'm picking huh. from based on nothing. Okay, then. So. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I like the Green Lantern. Uh, Alan Scott, Scott character a lot, uh, it, based on 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 his his place in in modern comics and and in the the book The Golden Age. Yep. He was a great character in that. Um, so I'll go with that for Golden Age. Gordon, do you have a Golden Age favorite DC superhero? No, <laughs> <laughs> not really. Of Gordon's alley. Okay, Silver Age. Um, I gotta go with uh, Barry Allen, the Flash. So, uh, you gotta go Hal Jordan, right? Yeah, Al. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, modern age, I gotta go Wally West, The Flash. Uh, Jack Knight. Okay, Starman. Nice. 
excellent. And uh, Connor missed out on this. <laughs> and and if I had to, I would I would pick Ted Knight. Uh, but he, I think he's sort of disqualified. Yeah. But the reinvention of Ted Knight is that's is, fair. Is, is, it was done in the modern age, so yeah. But um, can I t- just talk about how awesome New Frontier was? Sure. And yeah, also Silver Age. Then <laughs> <laughs> who was your favorite character in the in the New Frontier? Uh, I actually I, I liked um, both Flash and Green Lantern. Cool. Um, and actually, this is out on a limb here. Way to pick the, the really <laughs> subtle characters. And this is a good time to mention, and we'll mention it later, that um, if you missed our uh, special edition podcast about um, about the new frontier, it's, it should appear right in the feed under the show. So go check that out and download it. We talked about the movie. It was really good. But we'll talk more about that in a second. All right. Um, our next email uh, comes from the Mighty Vicious Smith. And normally we don't include the subject line, but I, this one I felt we needed to. Uh, the subject line of the email was Lone Wolf and Cubette. And he wants to know if you guys will be checking out the new Cable series. Since the newborn mutant is supposed to be a future messiah, doesn't that make Cable an important title? Were there any clues to who the child's, child is? I guess it points to Jean Grey Reborn. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and sit back and let Ron talk more. <laughs> well, no, just real quickly, I am going to read the new Cable series. Um, I do want to know who the baby is. They didn't reveal who the baby is. They gave hints to it because it had a, uh, a, a little flare of red hair and green eyes, which is somewhat Jean Grey-esque. Um, but it could also be Rachel Summers. Um, um, I, I'm, I like the Cable stories in the future, so I'm kind of glad that they, put cable, they, they threw Cable into the future away from the current continuity. Um, is, so I'll read it to find out what's going on. So, is there any chance that it's a reborn banshee? Uh, it could be. <laughs> he, did, he, he had red hair. <laughs> damn right. <laughs> right. Maybe there needs to be more Irish characters in the Marvel universe proper. Right. They have an excellent economy right now. I don't see why we wouldn't be part of it. Right. <laughs> wow, that doesn't. So Ryan has a total fanboy question, but here it is. I want to know which fake comic book city would you want to live in, given the option. I thought about narrowing it down for the DCU, but I thought Ron might go for Genosha or something. Who would want to live there? Uh, that's <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's awful, Genosha. Anyway. <laughs> it's funny. I, I'm always like, I don't know anything about the X-Men. But then I'm pulling out, pulling out Banshee. And I'm <laughs> Genosha? Laughing at your joke. I, I mean, I know something, and I don't know how it got there. <laughs> All right. So if you had to pick one city, fictional city from comics to live in, where would you live? Oh, Christ. Um... Um, pass. Hold on, let me think about it. You have Gordon, an answer for it, Gordon. Do you have any idea? Can I can I be really specific with it and sure. say like Tim Burton's version of Gotham City? Sure. It's a horrible place, though. Okay. <laughs> yes, but it's so pretty. <laughs> True. And True. I like that. Yeah, even In that sense. Uh, you know, I, I I hate to go on a theme this this episode, but I'd go with Opal. Yeah, you're just City. a Starman fanboy. Listen, um, if. Gordon, if you had read Starman, you would think that Opal City was the greatest thing ever. Yeah, well, the, the Omnibus is coming out, and he can check that out, and he'll read up on it. So. Yeah, I'm going to pick up the Omnibus. Um, uh, for me, again, like you, like you, Josh, with the theme, I'd probably go with Keystone City, um, mm-hmm. only because when you guys came to visit, I'd want to take you to the Flash Museum. So. That would be great. I wouldn't go. To, I wouldn't go to Central City. It's a little sketchy over there, but it's Keystone yep. City, definitely. So anyway, um, so if you have any fanboy esque questions for us, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. Um, 
And also, we want to tell you about Triptych Books. Um, Triptych Books was uh, founded in early 2006 by three friends who had a desire to bring new life to the industry of pen and paper role-playing games. Um, if you go to triptychbooks.com, that's T-R-I-P-T-Y-C-H-B-O-O-K-S.com, you can find their introductory kit for their first two games as a downloaded PDF, and they've got a forum um, that you can participate with some of the other uh, fans, and you, they've also got t-shirts. Um, they were at WonderCon, and they had a booth, and they had a lot of, a lot of really good attention there, and so so if you're a fan of the role-playing games, check out Triptych Books today. So, all right. Uh, yes. So, uh, voicemail? Yeah, let's ben? do some voicemail. I'm, I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Josh wasn't okay. I don't think he should have been doing the show. <laughs> Our first voicemail comes from uh, Gordon's uh, neighborhood. Hey, guys. This is Dave from Bloomington. Uh, I really liked Connor's recommendation on the last video show for Batman Nine Lives because... I really like uh, sort of gritty street-level books. And it got me thinking about uh, a character who I've never really read who seems to fit right into that, and that's The Punisher. Um, and I don't know that I've ever heard you guys recommend a Punisher book, and it seems like with all the crime books you guys like, that would be something that's up your alley, but I, I don't even know where to start with that. Is there a trade or a series of The Punisher that you would recommend? I think that's the question. Thanks. So... Dave, what Bloomington are you from? Because we never cross paths. Maybe it's Bloomington, <laughs> Illinois. Okay. I didn't realize there were more than one yeah. Bloomington. I didn't realize there was there, um, another one. It's <laughs> anyway. like a that's lower tier. It's like Springfield or <laughs> Shelbyville. <laughs> so, all right. So, this is actually a really good question. Um, the Punisher is one of those characters who yeah. tends to fall in the iFanboy black hole. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I guess we have to. Uh, Say anything. The whole Garth Ennis run, dating back to the early two thousands, he did, um, a you know, kind of a normal Punisher. Then he started doing the Max series. But anything before that, I'm at a loss. Like he, like he's a really good, um, he's a really good supporting character. But in and it's so, like I don't remember a single story from the eighties or nineties where it's like you've got to read this Punisher story. You know, so. I remember at the time, and now, now I was twelve, so I don't know how it holds up. But I read. Chuck Dixon's uh, Punisher War Journal. Oh, yeah. And I remember being blown away by that book at the time because it was the most realistic and gritty thing I'd, I'd ever read. And it, it was on like, it was, it was a time when everything was 75 cents and it was $1.50. Yeah. And it was like on the nice paper and it was beautiful. I, I don't know how those held up. Well, um, I, I think this might be a good question for the audience too. So if you go to, um, if you go to ifanboy.com and click on uh, this episode, and there's a co- you can leave comments on this episode. If you know good Punisher stories, uh, please leave recommendations for Dave. Um, uh, that would be. Um, I can tell you all sorts of stories that you don't want to read. I can give him restaurant recommendations in Bloomington. <laughs> That's not what he's looking for. Oh. oh. <laughs> Before uh, Ennis started up, there was the uh, bad Marvel Max series, or not Marvel Max, Marvel Knight series where he was an angel. Yeah, don't read that. Oh, God. Don't yeah. stay as far away from that as possible. Yeah. But, but anything else, hey, listen, we need help from the people, so uh, yeah. uh, post on the, on the show thread. All right, on to our next voicemail, um, which is one that's appropriate for Josh. Uh, yeah, hey, this is uh, Andrew from Alabama. I've got the slew. So, uh, like, what comic book uh, trade or something should I go back and revisit or maybe get something new? I don't know. Uh, anyway, what would you read if you were sick, I guess, is the question. Well, what an appropriate time for that question. Josh, if you were sick, what would you be reading? <laughs> the prescription medication <laughs> instructions. That's, I, honestly, I, 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 was, I was at the level of sick where I was like, oh, no, I have to read a book. Damn it. Um, <laughs> 
All right, I don't recommend anything heavy. So all the absolutes and hardcovers, those are out. Because <laughs> you can't lift them? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't so think you were that sick, dude. I couldn't. <laughs> no. um, I really loved that issue of Criminal. I would say... <laughs> oh, God. I don't know. Yeah. Because you should be able... Because it's, it's a tough question because, you know, normally I would think of something... I would want to think of something that's that's sort of... Uh, engaging that sort of keeps you into it, but also not so complicated that it confuses your adult mind. Right. Um, so, so nothing um, by Alan Moore. No, stay away from Alan Moore entirely. <laughs> I uh, would say, I would say the classics. I would say go get something like Marvels or go get something you know, like something that that just you know. Here's what I'm gonna say. Yeah. The Ultimates. Oh, interesting. Fun. Because yeah, because there's not a lot of thinking to it. There's not like read read the the first couple of of Mark Miller books. Those are those are fun and relatively like nothing too heavy. Don't don't like the last book of the month. Don't get Godland. That's too much. <laughs> you could you could really hurt yourself. Um, you know maybe maybe Astro City. Yeah yeah, that's a good one. So all right, cool. The Indiana Jones Omnibus. <laughs> that's easy going. So if you have recommendations for what to read while sick, uh, call us on our voicemail line at one eight 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 fanboys That's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. All right, so now's the time of the show for the business. we got a lot to talk about, so bear with us. It's really good because it all is for you, the listener. So uh, Yes. So Josh, why don't you tell us about the first one? Okay. Uh, on, on, on Saturday, which would have been yesterday, the day, after the, show, the day before the show came out, uh, our show on cities came out, which we should have mentioned when we talked about what cities we'd like to live in, but we're not doing well here. Um, <laughs> uh, in it, we have a Marvel Guide to the uh, New York City book, um, which, which we have copies of to give away, um, which it shows you all of the places in New York City um, that, that the Marvel Universe uh, could have taken place or, sh- or, or would have taken place. Or should have taken place. <laughs> Should have taken had there actually had it not had had there been a Yancey Street, not a Delancey Street. For and example. I got I to admit, this book is a lot of fun to read as a Marvel fan, and also yeah. as someone growing up in New York. But even I mean, everybody loves New York, so um, even if yeah. you hate, even if you hate it, so um, it's really fascinating to see the history behind some of the places in the city and and the inspiration of the comics and stuff like that. So um, and you'll, you'll see, you know, in the episode, we'll show you some of the places, but there's a lot more we didn't get to. Yeah. So, but, but what's really cool is that there are a ton of these books to g- be given away. I think they're giving away about fifty copies um, to our audience. Yeah. So this is this is the kind of thing where you have a very very good chance of winning this. So um, so you should definitely enter this to, to so, w- win this cool book. So here's what you need to do. You need to go to www.marvelguidesweepstakes.com. Uh, we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Yep. Um, but but that's that you go there and follow the instructions and, and you will be entered and you have a good chance of uh, picking something up for free. Yeah, it'll be awesome. So um, yes. So then you think you think that that's good enough, but but we couldn't stop there. The goodness just keeps on coming. So as we mentioned earlier in the show, um, we went to WonderCon last weekend and uh, we saw the uh, world premiere of the of uh, uh, Justice League: The New Frontier, the DVD movie adapt adaptation of Darwin Cook's masterpiece DC: The New Frontier. Um, and we threw a party with our friend with our friends over at Iso- at the Isotope Comic Book Lounge in San Francisco. And part of that party was um, for sale was a very limited edition pint glass uh, with a design designed by Darwin Cook. It says Frontier Living. Um, if you go to ifanboy.com and you look at the new Frontier post at the top of the page, you can see the the pint glass art. Um, these were completely only for sale at the party. Completely limited edition. Cannot get them anywhere, except that we stole a box of them. <laughs> 
<laughs> and we're giving them away to you guys because we didn't want to um, we didn't want to you know exclude our audience because if you couldn't make it to San Francisco, you should be able to get an opportunity to get the, get a glass. So um, what we're so what we're gonna do is we're giving away ten glasses. And um, also, in addition to the 10 glasses, one grand prize winner is going to get the glass, an art print of the invitation that was designed by Darwin Cook, a really cool, you know, frameable piece of art, as well as a signed copy of Justice League, The New Frontier, signed by Darwin Cook with a little sketch of the Green Lantern on it. So, um... So, and we talk more about this on our special edition podcast, which I mentioned, which if you go back to iTunes or whatever your podcatcher is and look on, on our feed, um, it's the one right under here. Or if you go to ifanboy.com, there's a direct link to it right on the homepage. Um, but so essentially, in order to win this, um, what you got to do is you got to answer this question. Um, the New Frontier um, was uh, derived this name from a speech that John F. Kennedy gave um, where he refers to the New Frontier. The question is, when and where did Kennedy deliver that speech with the New Frontier as the main kind of thrust of the of the speech? So when and where did he deliver that speech? So what you got to do is you got to email contact at ifanboy.com with the subject line, New Frontier Contest. Is that what we said, Josh? New Frontier Contest. New if Fr- it says anything else, you're out. Yep. So it's got to say New Frontier Contest, and then when and where did Kennedy deliver that speech? And you got to email us by midnight on Mar- midnight Thursday, Eastern Standard Time, March 6th. So get your emails in. Um, of the people with the right answers, we will randomly pick 10 winners, and then we will randomly pick one grand prize winner. So um, so email contact at ifanboy.com, subject line, New Frontier Contest. When and where did Kennedy deliver that speech with the New Frontier? So um, trust me, this is a really cool giveaway, as is the Marvel one. I mean, I'm so excited that we've got not only one giveaway, but two in the same week, which is just awesome. So, um, And uh, as we, as we uh, give away to you, if you want to give back to us a little bit, you can go to ifanboy.com slash store and pick up any of the recommendations that we have in there, or you can use that to get to Amazon, and anything you buy there uh, will help contribute to the site, um, and we'd really very much appreciate that. Um, or you can go to www.netflix.com slash ifanboy if you're looking to sign up for a Netflix account. Uh, you can do it that way. Cool. Um, and uh, you can head over to ifanboy.com, which we talk about a lot, the website that we that we run and we enjoy and all of you kind of participate on. Um, we got some great content. We got a column, uh, column by Jonathan Hickman this past week as well as Paul Dini. You can go back and check out. And then also there's the great comic section where if you uh, go, you can pick the comics you bought each week. You can rate them. You can review them. You can talk about them with the other, with the other uh, ifanboy ifanbase. A fanboy uh, audience. Um, so ifanboy.com, you know, we work really hard on it. And a lot of more great stuff is coming. Uh, so stay tuned and uh, and go to ifanboy.com a lot. <laughs> no, really, I mean, really. I mean, if, you, if you're listening to this show and you like comics um, and you haven't been to the website, just, you know, try our product. So. <laughs> try my product? <laughs> uh, there's a video show we also put like, a ton of work into. Um, and that comes out every Saturday. This last Saturday that just came out was the City Show that we sort of spoke about earlier, which is a hugely fun show. Uh, we're really proud of it. Um, and then next week, uh, literally just talking about superheroes. Yeah. So that's it. So apparently we phoned that one in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, if you feel like you're not fashionably con- conscious, you can get your iFanboy t-shirts at jinx.com slash iFanboy. And if you send a picture of yourself wearing the shirt to Jinx.com, they will send you stickers. And if you send it to us, we'll look at it. <laughs> nice. I don't know what we'll do. And you could you could send it to us or email um, any of your questions or comments or anything to contact at ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys. That's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. Uh, there are a lot of ways to link up with us on the web, and they're all listed at ifanboy.com/slash/about. <laughs> so go there and be our friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
And if you really like us, you can write a review in iTunes. Or if you really, really like us, you could tell your friends about us and get them to listen and watch. And you could tell your mom or anyone. Just spread the word about iFanboy. It always sounds dirty when someone says tell your mom. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and finally, um, you know, the website, the podcasts, these giveaways, all the parties, it's a lot of work. And so if you, uh, if you want to help us out, um, we do this in our spare time. We really appreciate it. You can go to ifanboy.com forward slash donations and you can click on the donate box. Uh, um, you can click on the donate thing on the website and you can pay through PayPal. And any donations, a lot of people have uh, donated recently. We really want to thank you. And um, please keep them coming. You keep us going. So, um, all right, so uh, I think that's a show. Um, whew. It's I'm been a rough. It's been a rough week, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mute like for that one. Nor- nor- normally, San Diego, um, uh, San Diego kicks our ass, but WonderCon's never really kicked us, kicked our ass as bad as this one did. <laughs> oh my God, WonderCon! What did I San do? San Diego to you? doesn't kick our ass in this same way, though. I mean, this is different. Yeah, well, this was this was just crazy. So because there's no weather in San Diego. Yeah, it's true. It's yeah, true. yeah. So, We've San never Fris- been to a bench where we got rained on. Yeah, San Francisco's a little rough on the elements for you. So Jesus. Until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Gordon. And I am still alive. <laughs> Barely. Next week, it's going to be amazing. You just watch. It'll be like, wow, it's a whole new guy. You just listen. Either that or I won't make it. In which case, I love you, Mom. 